Before we get started, I need to thank the wonderful backers of my podcast, sending love and gratitude to Crystal Carroll, Terry Smith, AAK Music Talks, Stephen Malio, Aunt Mary, Dale Hosek, Captain America, John Munson, the wonderful Belly Pori, my favorite contributor on my other podcast, Holly Mack, the former Springsteen mayor, Betsy Hodges, Chris Bloom, Andrew Goddard, and of course, the wonderful Anna Lynn. If you want to support the podcast by kicking a few coins toward our cost, go to Set Lusting Brews Patreon and sign up for whatever level you feel comfortable supporting. Be the first to hear about upcoming episodes, hear unedited episodes of the podcast, and of course, every patron gets a handwritten thank you note and a set Lusting Bruce sticker sent to them, which based on my handwriting may not be that great of a benefit. Now, on to the show. And of course, I was very naive. I brought all this little Stephen memorabilia. Uh, and of course, we get in no autographs, just pictures. Okay, fine. We get our pictures, and as I'm, I'm slowly leaving, I'm really taking my time. And I had the 45 of Sun City, and I kind of held it up at Steve, and he motioned for me to stay put. So my friends have left, and I'm in there waiting. He gets through all the people. And he signs the Sun City for us. Oh, so I was just, I couldn't believe it. So he gives me a hug and I whisper in his ear, can you get Bruce to play Jungle Land tonight? And he laughs, he goes, you know, I'm not the boss. And I, and I said, I know, but you don't understand. I haven't heard it in years, 14 shows, he's never played it. And there's some people, I guess, that worked with him. It was like, yeah, you should get him to play Jungle Land. He said, oh, he didn't make many promises. I'll see what I can do thanked him profusely, went to my seat. And my brother, who'd never seen Springsteen, was uh, with our group. Goes to the whole show, doesn't play Jungle Land. All right, you know, whatever. Comes back for the encore and it's meeting across the river. And we all know that he'll play Jungle Land without meeting, but he never plays meeting without Jungle Land. So now my phone is starting to blow up because everybody on Backstreets.com is waiting to what the set list is going to be. And they all know I want Jungle Land. And of course he plays it. And I'm like, so thrilled. It was such a beautiful version of it. And I was on the Stevie side of the stage and I had one of those oversized uh, underground garage bumper stickers. The lights came up and I started waving it at Steve and he saw it and he pointed at me and said, you're welcome. And my brother goes, that rock star is talking to you. And I went, yeah, well, you know, it's a thing. So, so the, finally, we got a hold of the set list and he had crossed out whatever he was gonna play and put in Jungle Land and Meeting. So he wasn't gonna play it that night. Steve made it happen. I will take that to my grave. It was the best night ever.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me tonight, a new friend, Catherine Bird. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little about yourself. Well, um, born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia, which I may add is the home of Clarence Clemens. Very nice. Yes. Um, and just a, a regular teenage girl who grew up to become a movie theater manager for almost 20 years. And then I was in media. Uh, both radio and newspaper, and now I'm happily retired and waiting for a tour. Uh, aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? Absolutely. Well, um, what movie? What uh, was it? A movie theater chain? Did you work? Uh, did you manage a chain? Yeah, I worked for AMC Theaters. I was the uh, our op- operating and marketing manager. Okay, so, very nice. Which which kept me from a lot of concerts because I mostly work nights and weekends. Uh, absolutely i guess um i uh that is that is my default chain i um there is one uh there is two near me and uh one of them the pandemic was not kind to it uh, but yeah. uh yeah unfortunately but the other one is in uh great shape and so in fact i went and saw dr strange this past weekend and oh, enjoyed great. it so yeah well Catherine, we always like to start at the beginning. So you're, you're growing up there in Virginia. What kind of music did your family listen to? Where, was it a musical family? Well, actually, it wasn't. Okay. Um, I was born in 1954. Okay. So I was pretty much raised on television. It was my babysitter. Okay. And one of the things I discovered very early on was American Bandstand. Ah, so actually, I'm really the only member of the family who's really into music. And I can thank Dick Clark for that, I guess. Okay. So um, uh, so when we, when we moved to the suburbs, my uh, parents did get a uh, stereo console. So, but I played music pretty loud. So I had to get my own set in my bedroom. So. so- you know, most people, I, I, a few of my guests have had the experience you've had where, you know, their parents weren't into music a lot. Um, when did you discover your passion for music? Not necessarily Bruce, but music. It was Chubby Checker doing the twist. Very nice. Yes. Chubby Checker doing the twist on American Bandstand. All so right. From a- very early age, I listened to the radio, and when I could sneak away from my parents, I would call the radio stations to make requests, and this is when I was like four or five years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I got in trouble, too. <laughs> you know, I would, uh, you know, back then, you know, DJs were real personalities, and they'd make appearances, yes. and uh, I would always beg my dad to take me to such a place so I could meet Steve Canyon or Bob Lou Big Daddy, who were our local uh, DJs. So when I'm um, a few years younger than you, I was born in 59. 
Um, and so I also remember that I went to high school, you know, I graduated in 77, but I remember growing up in Louisiana, top four radio, huge. And those, you know, those DJs, like I remember one that was gonna, they had a contest and I forgot what it was. The, the, the winning school, he said he would dye his Afro, the color of their school colors. I don't remember what. (laughs) what the contest was. I just remember that winning now that you mentioned that. Um, so you, you just, you, you music early spoke to you um, in high school. What kind of music were you listening to? And talk to me about when you discovered Bruce and what about him spoke to you? Well, obviously the big turning point for most of us in this age bracket was the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Right. Uh, so I, I clearly remember practically sitting on top of the TV set to watch it and my dad just shaking his head in horror. Uh, but he did buy me the White Album for Christmas. So Okay, uh, there we go. That's something. Yeah, so I, you know, I just loved rock and roll. The Beatles, the Monkees, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Three Dog Night, Led Zeppelin. I mean, that, you know, Motown. So all of that was was what I grew up on. I am upset that I was too young because apparently during my later teen years, Bruce was spending a lot of time in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. With with his various different bands. And, uh, but I just didn't know and wouldn't have been old enough anyway to uh, search him down at Richmond. So I discovered him, which was the year Born to Run came out and the year I graduated from high school. So once I discovered Born to Run, then I went and bought his back catalog. Um, and then Darkness came out and that was my Bible forever. So, uh, but I, I be telling you earlier, since I worked a lot of nights and weekends, I didn't see Bruce until 1985. Okay. Born in the USA tour. So, but I made up ground after that. So, so- Did you start working at movie theaters very early or just other jobs were working you at night? Other jobs. You know, I put myself through college. So I waitressed. I did cashier jobs. It was always nights. I was in the theater. Mm -hmm. I was a theater major. So my weekends were usually involved in whatever production we were doing. I'm laughing because I had a um, there was a local a local sports talk show host that, you know, kind of uh, sounds like kind of your era. And um, he knew nothing about pop culture because he was in, I was in bands and stuff. So he played in local bands. So instead of going to movies, you know, he was playing it just like Bruce at all these different local dives. And so they would always pick at him like, how did you not see this TV show? I was in bands and stuff, right? So you're like working (laughs) nights and doing that. When you heard Born to Run, what about it spoke to you? What about his music kind of called you? It was really more the, the instruments, the music, uh, although the lyrics to Born to Run, you know, are fabulous, but I, I really didn't get into what he was saying in his songs till much later. You know, his reputation at that time was all his songs were about cars and girls. So, and that was okay. It just, it, it's, it's even hard to describe, but it was just such a powerful sound. And of course, we all know 
what he went through to, to get that. We didn't know it at the time. We found out later. Right. And that's when I embraced Jungle Land. Jungle Land is my number one favorite song of, of all time. You you mentioned your first show wasn't until 85. So even though you're in Virginia, you know, just circumstances had to have you didn't have a chance to go see him. Right. And he came here. He he came yeah. in with that tour, the river tour. Uh, and I was oblivious to it mm-hmm. because, you know, I had to work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> and when he when he toured in 85, I was working at a record store. So it was kind of easier to get tickets. Yeah. And uh, of course, I was in the nosebleed. I needed binoculars, but that's okay. It was it was a fantastic show. I I'd never seen a rock concert that insane that just that was just so much fun and and so epic. And uh, so that's when I got really hooked. And isn't that the truth? Because I know a lot of people that are like, eh, Bruce Springsteen. And I go, no, no, come with me to a show. And then they're like, oh, my God, Bruce Springsteen. So, you know, Catherine, I was talking to that. Um, I, I say this often on the podcast that two kinds of people, the people that go to their first show and go, wow, that was long. And then the <laughs> second that say, oh, my goodness, when can I go do this again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So you. I always like to preface this question with the amount of shows you've seen Bruce is not perform live. Isn't a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are because circumstances are different from everyone, but you mentioned you've made up for it. So do you count? Have you counted how many shows you've gone to? I actually lost count. Okay. I I had a spreadsheet on my computer, which got stolen and I okay. never recreated it, but I, okay. I've seen them about 75 times. Okay. And so, the majority of that yeah. is from 2000 on. Okay. So. so there is a fun website called My Boss Time mm-hmm. uh, where you can go and it has every tour ever and you can create a profile free. And then you go and say, yep, I was that one. Yep, at this one. Yep, I was this one. And then behind the scenes, we'll do a lot of the fun. It'll tell you this is your most heard song. This is your most. Oh, tell, tell me what tell me what that is again. It is called mybosstime.com. Great. Yeah, it is. It is a rabbit hole. That <laughs> you will go, Jesse, why did you do this to me? But it is so much fun. Oh, good. Because I'm retired now, so I have time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it is uh, mybosstime.com and it's easy. It's free to create an account and then you it'll just show all the tours and you just select a year and you go, oh, yeah, I was that one. Yeah, I was that one. And then behind the scenes, another fun thing, it'll tell you what percentage of albums you've heard. Right. Like like if you attended, you know, the the second river tour, you know, you've got 100 percent on that album. But, you know, there's others and you'll find like, oh, wow, I'm only missing one song from this album or something. So it's it's a fun way to play. Oh, great. Thanks for that tip. Yeah. Did you go to Broadway? Of course. Very nice. Talk to me about that. (laughs) That was amazing. I, my, my husband and I went, um, he's from New Jersey. Okay. And, um, 
we uh, we had a, I have a great friend in Hoboken. We stayed at a hotel near her, and she literally escorted us into New York to the theater uh, to see the show. And she saw him like a half dozen times. But when you're in New Jersey, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, I just was spellbound, and I wept. I I laughed. I was just thunderstruck by it and I was working at the radio station at the time and the general manager uh, was a big Springsteen fan too and but he had he wasn't going to go to the Broadway show and when I got back I went straight to his office and I said you just have to trust me you've got to go yeah and he did and he Mm -hmm. thanked me when he got back yeah yeah it was God, I, I, it just leaves me speechless. I can't even mm-hmm. de- describe the feeling and the intensity of the whole thing. But it was it was amazing. I, I, it was so expensive, but worth every penny. I'm glad I went. Absolutely. Did um, are there other shows? I mean, uh, obviously, you've gone to plenty, but are there some that stand out or the stories you want to share me? I have a great me? I have a oh, great story. I, have I love to share it with you. So this is before social media. Right. The, the best we had was Skype. Yes. And so somebody would take the Skype role and list the songs being played on backstreets.com. Right. For various shows. So I had, I every show I went to, I missed Jungle Land. He didn't play it. I went like 14 shows in a row, no Jungle Land. So he came to Charlottesville. And at that time, little Stephen had uh, his underground garage, a syndicated version. Right. Uh, that played at local radio stations. And I knew he, the radio stations could go backstage because they were affiliates for the show. Mm-hmm. And so I called my same friend who I didn't work for at the time. He worked at a rival radio station. And I and I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to ask you this question. But if there's any chance you can get me in backstage to see little Steven. And, and Dave said, what are you talking about? I went, Dave, your station plays the underground garage. The radio stations can get it. I'll call you right back. So, And 10 minutes later, he called me back. He says, we're in. And thank you. He was the program director of the station and didn't even know. Oh, how funny. Yeah. So we all went and um, and of course, I was very naive. I brought all this little Stephen memorabilia. uh, And of course, we get in no autographs, just pictures. Okay, fine. So we get our pictures. And as I'm, I'm slowly leaving, I'm really taking my time. And I had the 45 of Sun City. And I kind of held it up at Steve and he motioned for me to stay put. So my friends have left and I'm in there waiting. He gets through all the people and he signs the Sun City for me. Oh, nice. Oh, so I was just, I couldn't believe it. So he gives me a hug and I whisper in his ear, can you get Bruce to play Jungle Land tonight? And he laughs. He goes, you know, I'm not the boss. And I I said, I know, but you don't understand. I haven't heard it in years, 14 shows. He's never played it. And there's some people, I guess, that worked with him. It was like, yeah, you should get him to play Jungle Land. 
He said, oh, he didn't make many promises. I'll see what I can do. Thanked him profusely, went to my seat. And my brother, who'd never seen Springsteen, was uh, with our group. So he goes through the whole show, doesn't play Jungle Land. All right, you know, whatever. Comes back for the encore and it's meeting across the river. And we all know that he'll play Jungle Land without meeting, but he never plays meeting without Jungle Land. Right. So now my phone is starting to blow up because everybody on Backstreets.com is waiting to what the set list is going to be. And they all know I want Jungle Land. And of course he plays it. And I'm like, so thrilled. It was such a beautiful version of it. And I was on the Stevie side of the stage and I had one of those oversized uh, underground garage bumper stickers. Mm. So the lights came up and I started waving it at Steve and he saw it and he pointed at me and said, you're welcome. And my brother goes, that rock star is talking to you. And I went, yeah, well, you know, it's a thing. So, so the, finally we got a hold of the set list and he had crossed out whatever he was going to play and put in jungle land and meeting. So he wasn't going to play it that night. Steve made it happen. I will take that to my grave. It was the best night ever. That is, I love that story. <laughs> um, you know, for me, um, the first seven shows I went to, he never played Thunder Road. Oh, wow. I had never heard it. And then um, and then I caught it the first time. And then it was the High Hopes tour where they either ended with Thunder Road or Dream Baby Dream. Mm -hmm. And for for family reasons, Dream Baby Dream has just become a really special song for my son and my wife and I. And so like each time I'm like Dream Baby Dream and he do Thunder Road. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to be disappointed. I get Thunder Road. I, I'm not, you know, but I was like, sure. oh, could I've gotten just Dream Baby Dream once? Oh, I love that. That is a great story. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, and then I'm getting all these congratulations from sure. people, you know. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, have you uh, have you traveled to, uh, you know, to Europe or anything to go show? Yes. Yes. Tell um, me a little about that. Yeah, that that's been the best part about uh, getting a real job uh, and having nights and weekends off. Yes. Uh, and I was working for a radio station, so I did have the advantage of being able to buy tickets without going through you know, the trauma of trying to get them yeah. when they go on sale. That was a great luxury for a few years. And um, so through uh, Backstreet's meeting people I talked to online at various shows. And, you know, there are a few of us that just became the best of friends. And we've traveled all over together. Uh, but I was in Buffalo for Clarence's last show, which, of course, we didn't know at the time it would be. Uh, I've been to Colorado all over the Eastern seaboard. But after Danny died and then we lost Clarence, the girls that I hang out with a lot, it's like, you know, we keep saying we're going to Europe and if, if we don't do it, it, it's never gonna happen. And of course it was a lot of speculation at that time that there probably wasn't gonna be much E Street. Right. Uh, so we, uh, we ended up going to Paris, uh, July 4th weekend. Nice. So July 4th in Paris with the boss. 
Uh, he played two nights. We were there both nights. Um, it was great. Uh, oh my God. I mean, I've always wanted to go to Paris and then to be there with the boss. Uh, it was, it was a wonderful experience. We had great seats and we, we room like, this is how the community is. So I'm there with my friend from Colorado, my friend from Buffalo works with the state department. She was in Poland at that time. So she came up from Poland and then Karen has the, her friend uh, does marketing for one of the venues in Colorado. He has a friend with British airlines who got us the apartment, the tickets. So it was an international group sharing this uh, Paris apartment and going to Springsteen concerts. So. I love that. That is so awesome. Um, the, what's, uh, was, did you go to Broadway the second time? I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to, but, uh, no, just the one time. So I, I've been trying to think, I, I don't, I'm not even sure what was the last show that I saw. Um, but I mean, I haven't missed any of the tours since, um, yeah. since so, born in the USA. So. I always like to ask, um, fans who've gone through the journey what did you feel like during the dark years i mean you know it's the end of the 80s he fires the band he moves you know talk to me about that time well i did go to see him with the new band right uh matter of fact my mother went with me my mother loved bruce and she especially loved clarence Okay. And she and I went together to see Tunnel of Love and the Human Touch Tour and the Reunion Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that in D.C. So, I mean, I, you know, he he messed up, but he got the band back together. So it all worked out. But, you know, and the the, the other band was OK, but it just it wasn't the same. Yeah. But, you know, either Bruce tour solo or tour with the E Street Band. <laughs> so, did you did you go to any of the Seeger shows, and did you enjoy that? Oh my God, I loved the Seeger shows. I matter of fact, I went to one of the rehearsal shows at Convention Hall, which was oh another, how fun, which was another bucket list. So that was amazing. I that was my first time in the pit, in the front of the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I, you know, the, it was just I, I, the live version of that. I, I think I saw four shows. I would have gone to more, but he didn't do as many. No, I, I ended up not seeing that show. And because um, you didn't come anywhere close to Dallas. And, uh, you know, then when I got the Dublin, you know, DVD, I went, wow, yeah. I really missed something. Uh, yeah. So, um it, it, it is interesting, the whole when you hear little Steven talk about that. And, and I, um, you know, when he was on Brian Koppelman the first time uh, Brian's podcast, he Steven talked about that. He tells bands don't break up. You know, he yeah. said just that that you can go all do solo things and have fun, but never officially break up because that's it. And, um, and I think, I think Bruce and Steven and all of them, I think 
they wouldn't change anything because, you know, you change one thing, who knows what happens. But I do agree. They like if I had to do it over again, you know, I, I don't know if we would have done that if we would have, you know, because it's the sum is greater than the parts. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Bruce and the E Street Band, as he talked about on the Hall of Fame induction. You know, that right. together is bigger than any of them individually. Well, I will say with the Seeger sessions. Yeah. I mean, these were a lot of them were songs, you know, I learned in elementary school. Sure. Well, you don't really appreciate them in elementary school. I I developed this new appreciation for Americana. Yes. Music through that tour. Yeah. So I, I wish I'd gone to New Orleans to see him. I had friends that went, uh, but I heard it. So. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a great tour. I, I wish there had been more shows. I would have gone to more. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, when. So I, I want to ask you about Western Stars and Letter to You, but I'll, I'll start out with it prefacing like when I heard Western Stars, I. I I knew that no way, you know, he's going to tour right. with, with this kind of, and I had said before I heard about the film, I'm like, I wish they would do a pay-per-view though of him doing this. And then when I saw the film, I loved it though. I said, I wish I'm greedy. I wish I could have got <laughs> six or seven regular E street, you know, E Street band songs like the Seeger session, they did some of it right. in that style. Yes. It would have been, I'm guilty. I'd be like, I love Rhinestone Cowboy, but I would have loved four or five other songs that he could have done with that band just to hear them do that. So, what were your thoughts about, um, you know, those two, the last two albums? Well, I wish I had not bought Western Stars and waited to buy the soundtrack of Western Stars from the film. I have heard it, other people say yeah, that. Yeah, because it was it was much better. And he should have used Patty on Stones in the original. Yeah, uh, because that was beautiful. When I got wet, when I got the uh, the CD, I actually heard it in my car with the sunroof open, driving down to the Outer Banks, which was perfect environment for that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's beautiful. I love the orchestrations and um, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe he'll do a couple if when the band goes out again. I don't know. But, My hope is he does at least a couple. Yeah. You know, I'd be happy with any of them. And so um, I, I I'm especially I love Tucson Train. I love little Steven's yes. version of that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. I, and I saw I saw. Steven do that. I saw the Soul Fire tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, lucky yeah. you. Oh, yeah. That uh -huh. was great. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Letter to You. Tell me about it, your feelings on it. Um, it I understand, you know, it 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 really comes from something deep. He's he's definitely reflecting on he doesn't have that many years left. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, obviously the people that have, you know, come and gone from his life. Um, I, it's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful record. It's yeah. very sentimental and uh, heartfelt and very, very personal. So, yeah. And, and I think it'll always be, uh, you know, I'll see people talking about it. And I always say that 
emotionally because it was at the end of that 2020 year yes. where so much oh. had happened. Yes. So, so much, you know, and I, I, I think of that. I don't know if this is a true story, but it, it, it feels like it should be true. Um, HBO did that show from earth to the moon, right. That was all about the Apollo missions. Right. And in one of them, they talk about the Apollo mission that uh, in 1968, um, you know, they broadcast live and uh, one of the astronauts read a passage out of Genesis and supposedly they'd gotten a um, NASA got a telegram that said you saved 1968, you, you know, and I said, if we got a new president, no politics aside but just if we got a new product president and a new springsteen album perhaps 2020 will not be <laughs> the crappiest year ever and uh you know and so i i will always have that album with a special place in my heart i think yeah. like like i think a lot of people that all of us were touched by 9-11 but i think if you especially were in that new york jersey area you know, the rising means uh, something really special to you. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the yeah. other amazing thing, you know, he did that album in what, three days? Yes. Four, maybe, you right. know, and you think back where, you know, <laughs> Born to Run took yes. forever. Right. So, so I like this rapid fire. Absolutely. Recording aspect of Bruce now. So. I agree that. Yeah. So you've already talked about Jungerland. What are other albums and songs, Catherine, that that have a special place in your heart that mean something to you? Well, I, I mentioned earlier Darkness. I just love that album and always said if I could really play the piano, the first song I would play would be Racing in the Streets. And if I could really play the guitar, I'd play Adam Raised a Cane. OK, so um, although, you know what, I've never been able to except as some people have said that darkness was his punk music album. And I just don't hear that. Okay. In that album. And I love punk rock. I did get into that scene and that, you know, Bruce was gone. He wasn't putting anything out. And, yes. Uh, you know, discovered punk music and uh, really got into it because it was very, it reminded me a lot of garage music, garage rock. Yeah. Just, you know, three chords and, you know, beat the drum. So. Other songs? Um, Ton of Love. Mm -hmm. um, Walk Like a Man. Yeah. So. I love that. Yeah. That, uh, that was a special tour. Uh, I remember that one vividly because um, I had very, this, there was no pit for that tour. And our seats were very close to the stage. And I recall very intently when Patty and Bruce were duetting together. It's like, whoa, get a room. Yeah. Like I felt like I was invading their privacy. Wow. And then soon after we learned, oh, that wasn't an Oscar winning performance. That was. That was true, true chemistry. Yes. So, so that made for a pretty uh, exciting show. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I love Bruce's covers. Okay. I, you know, the, the, they are basically 
the best little bar band in the world. Yes, I agree. And uh, at the Greensboro show, uh, oh God, this was like my, I don't know, I lost count, my eighth straight time not getting in the pit. Okay. And I was ticked. Okay. <laughs> and I, I hijacked a golf cart to the box office and bought some tickets behind the stage, which turned out to be great. And a friend of mine at the uh, party before the show, uh, uh, his song request was Hang On Sloopy. Okay. And the band did it. And oh, nice. Blew the roof off the joint. Yeah, that was great. And those seats were great because the band was literally within arm's reach when they came off the stage. So, uh, so I got to shake Bruce's hand when he came off stage, uh, recalling later that Bruce was blowing his nose a lot during that show. And the next day I had what I call Bruce flu. So um, these things happen. I the, the price we pay for our fandom, right, <laughs> Catherine? Whatever it we was need to do, it was worth it. Absolutely, it, it was worth yeah. It. So, so I've had a few close encounters with Bruce. And when, uh, when you worked at the radio station, did you get other close encounters with other uh, significant people in the you know pop music or rock and roll? Oh yeah, there were always uh, you know people coming through to push their albums. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I met Ludacris, okay. Jay-Z, and um, uh, uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, yes. Uh, um, shoot. The, ro the roller derby girl. Oh, I can't remember her name. Okay. Uh, George Clinton. Parliament yeah. Funkadelic. Yeah, I've, I've met a lot of uh, personalities any, through the any, years. Any stories or experiences that stand out? Well, um, when Tommy Lee came through from, let's see, Motley Crue. Yeah. Married to Pamela Anderson. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get near him. Okay. He was, he was gross. Um, did not care for him at all. So, but um, we'd have a lot of uh, famous stand-up comedians come through. And oh, that, okay. that was always, always fun. So. Yeah. Were you just behind the scenes? Were you on the air ever? I was you... a salesperson. Okay. So I actually sold advertising. Okay. Uh, for the station. Okay. So nice. It was a good gig. Yeah. Uh, I was in it at the right time when, uh, you know, Sirius was just starting. And um, so radio was still king. So not so much anymore. I, when I left radio, I went into the newspaper business. And I did that for 14 years. I went back to radio and you can't go home again. It just, mm -hmm. just wasn't the same. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, you can say show business was my life. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I could tell it. Yeah. You did film, you did radio, you did print. I mean, a little bit of everything. So uh, what, what, what is, what's your passion now while you're waiting for a tour? What are I you know, passionate okay. about now? Well, I have a lot of lot of things I'm interested in. I spend a lot lot of time in my garden now. I have a I have a beautiful garden. I raise monarch butterflies. Oh, nice! Just doing my little part to try to save the planet. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've always been a fan of uh, 
old movies from the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So catching up on that a lot. Um, you know, COVID has not been a friend uh, for the last few years. It's it's I used to go to shows a lot. I used to a lot of local bands that I know that I support. And it's been hard to make that leap to go back. Um, I, I did go out um, St. Patty's Day. An old friend of mine got his band back together. Oh, how fun! Played, and uh, they're a rockabilly yeah. band, and okay. they cover and they cover Pink Cadillac. Nice. They do a good job. They do yeah. a really good job. So, but um, I am though going to see Paul McCartney next oh. month. Uh, they just taught, he was just here in the Fort Worth uh, a couple of nights ago as we're recording this. Um, and the couple people on the radio gave a glowing review and said that there are some really cool things that he's doing. Well, you know, I, I was kicking myself that I didn't go the last time. And then it was like, he's almost 80. Right. Just go. It doesn't matter what it cost. So, uh, so I have a, uh, one of my Springsteen pals that I go to shows with lives in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're driving up to uh, meet him and his gal and June 12th, going to see Sir Paul. Very nice. So are there songs when Bruce gets back on the road, which we all hope um, not counting letter to you and, you know, um, Western stars, are there songs you're still chasing? Is there stuff you still want to you you haven't got to hear live that you want to? Oh gosh, I'm not sure. Okay, but I just want him to rock. Yeah, I just want him to rock really hard. I want massive guitar solos. Um, you know, I just want to hear some rock and roll. Okay, very nice. Um, you gonna ask me about my video? That's how you found me. Yes, tell me about the video. <laughs> um, that was a shock that that became such a big hit. But someone had put out the male version, and yes. being a being a Libra, I'm like, ah, wait a minute. There's another side to this story, right? <clears throat> so I couldn't resist, and all the conversations were real. They actually happened. So because my my husband will go with me to see Bruce when he comes to town, but he's from Jersey. So he saw Bruce a lot in small places. And so he's like over it. So remind everyone the videos that we're talking about, Catherine. So share a little bit and let's give a little bit of background about why you decided to do it. And just a little bit, give the origin story. It was a video. Uh, it's an animated thing, and you you type the dialogue, and it voices it. And it was uh, Springsteen versus I, I for I forget which way it goes, but basically, yeah. it's Springsteen versus your wife, Springsteen versus your husband. And it, in the first one, the husband is explaining to his wife why he has to go to all these shows, and of course, right. she's pretty ticked off about it. Right. And and I'm like, but. But my life is I'm going to all these shows and my husband gets ticked off about right. it. So I'm going to do that version. And um, 
it's gotten, gosh, over 27,000 views. And I had actually forgotten about it when one of the Spring Nuts reposted it on Facebook last week. Yeah. And uh, and I love that the women love the part where I tell my husband, of course, I would leave you for Bruce if I had the chance, but you'd get a great settlement. So it would be a win win. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, line on the other one is the um, brown hair, brown hair, you know, because he he, he always wants to play you know, redheaded woman. And uh, they are just so beautiful uh, there. Your whole comments about it. it and I, I remember I was in Nashville for a show and I called my wife and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm meeting up with uh, some people I met online for dinner. <gasps> are you know, they're women. Yeah. Aren't I said, aren't you worried about meeting strangers? <laughs> like, well, no, because one, they're Bruce fans. And two, you know, we're meeting at a public restaurant and not to be, shouldn't they be more worried about a strange guy meeting them? I mean, you know, and so, <laughs> and, you know, and uh, one of the people was Donna with Bruce funds and uh, you know, and it just, it is, one of the reasons why I've been able to do this over seven years is with all, with all, you know, um, reverence and respect to deadheads and all these other, you right. know, people that love bands, you know, um, it, there is something about being a Springsteen and E street band fan that brings us together. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, my closest friends now are people I met through Springsteen.net and then Backstreets. Yeah. And and then we're just a little club and we try to hit as many shows together. Sometimes I can't make it to this show and sometimes they can't make it to one I'm going to. But I've been in their homes. They've been in my home. Um, and yeah, we're just we're just the best friends. It's weird because locally the people i went to school with and i, I live near they're just not into it at all yeah and some of them i've taken to the shows and they're like okay that was fun but they never want to go again I'm right like, what's, what's wrong with you yes <laughs> what is yes. your problem right so so thank god for them i never would have made it to paris if it had been for my friend karen out of colorado mm-hmm. and that was just that was such a memorial, memorable uh, experience and so much fun, uh, blisters and everything. You know, I'm not used to walking on cobblestones. Oh, I bet. But it was it was worth it. So and there's just been so many connections. Um, it's been a while, but I used to go to lots of events up at, in Asbury Park. Uh, I, I've only been to one uh, light of day, but Bruce was there. So that worked. So um, the uh, soap um, monument that was put up mm-hmm. in Asbury Park, that was the first time. Uh, that's really when I sealed a lot of these friendships Okay. Uh, from there. 
And that was a fun experience. And of course, everybody thought Bruce was going to show up. I know better. Uh, but, you know, I met Vinny Lopez and Tinker and, you know, Southside. So there's, and, and they came to Norfolk when, when Clarence passed and the city happened to be a client of mine. Um, they contacted me. They wanted to do uh, a, a concert for Clarence. So I had met his brother, Bill. And so I hooked them together. And then really we had New Jersey and Norfolk. Uh, yeah. Gary Talent came down, Southside, uh, Beaver Brown, uh, Jake Clemens, of course, was there, uh, Nick Clemens. And they, they played two nights in a row. We did it at this, this beautiful older theater that was the only black theater in Norfolk back in the day. And then they did a bigger show. Um, you know, and after the show, I'm, I'm shooting down drinks with Vinny and Tinker. I mean, that's how this world works. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Oh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kept, kept me going. Yeah. It that, sounds like you know, it. those, those friendships and those encounters and that music, you know, just means so much. It really so. does. Yeah. Um, all right. Before I get you out of here, I end every episode with the Mary question. So uh, <laughs> let me give a little preference. If you are a friend of Catherine's listening to this podcast, thank you. If you're one of her many backstreet uh, buddies, uh, thank you for listening. Um Jay Armstrong is a recently retired honors English teacher. Um, he taught high school English. Um, he, re- he has a new book out, Bedtime Stories for the Living. Um, but he would take his honors English class and they would spend two days breaking apart Thunder Road. They would uh, compare it to Robert Frost and other American poets. They would look at the imagery. They'd look at the lyrics. They'd look at what the, the themes Bruce is exploring. And then at the end of the two days, he asked the class the question, does Mary get in the car? So, Catherine, <laughs> that is your question. Does Mary get in the car? Hell, yeah, she gets in the car. Good Lord. And if she doesn't, well, she regretted it for the rest of her life. I love it. Very nice. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Is there any final thoughts you want to share? Um, I just want to thank you for, for the invite. It's actually been a while since I've talked Bruce. And uh, so it was good to think back on a lot of my great memories. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to some new ones. So. I, I am too. Hopefully we can meet up on the road. Uh, Catherine, this is so wonderful. You spending time with me. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Um, they can email me okay. at uh, Catherine bird VA at gmail.com. Okay. I'm on Facebook. I'm okay. on Twitter. Yes. Okay. Uh, just, just as Catherine bird. It's, okay. you know, no fancy names. All right. Very nice. Listeners, go get vaccinated. Go get boosted. And let's all be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I want and need your feedback. 
You can reach me multiple ways that tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter at SetLustingBruce or at DFW. I have an Instagram, SetLustingBruce or DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor Who, the How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Jr. talk pop culture, and finally, my newest podcast, The Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I am always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. And we're out. Great job, ma'am. Thank you. That was fun. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. You were wonderful. I appreciate all the stories. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad yeah. I had some good stories to tell. And you my did. Charlottesville story is, you know, the ultimate for me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.